This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. Right, welcome into the podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Michelle Lucas, the Chief Marketing Officer of Medical Transportation Management. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Absolutely. And also joining us is Carrie Molesky. She's the Chief Human Resources Officer at Medical Transportation Management as well. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Awesome. So today we are talking about attracting, promoting, and retaining a diverse employee base. And we're going to talk specifically about women in the workplace. Now, I've read from you guys that 76% of medical transportation management's workforce is comprised of women, which is uh, much more than what the rest of the industry has. So, uh, Michelle, let me direct the first question to you. What factors contribute to a smaller percentage of women in the transportation industry, and how have you managed to uh, do such a good job hiring women uh, where you are now? Well, I think a lot of it is historical. It's historically been a male-dominated field. Um, People rise up from driving staff and some staff that may put in very long hours, and that may have prohibited women with families from pursuing that type of uh, career. So we've worked very hard to attract and retain and bring more women into the field. And I think several transit agencies and companies across the country are trying to do the same. Yeah, and I, you know, I definitely agree with Michelle. I think some of it is just been a natural um, place where males have ended up, and it's it's not as um, attractive of an industry. So it may have you know kind of pushed people away, or may not have as been as inviting over you know history. But there's so many opportunities in this space now, and we're really pushing to improve the leadership and the culture in this industry. And I think that's also a great space for women to start um, moving into. Carrie, Michelle mentioned just that word attract and how do you uh, go about attracting new talent. So what what challenges exist? Do you have to kind of overcome maybe some of the preconceived notions about the industry when it comes to uh, really trying to attract new talent to what you're doing? Yeah, I think I do. It's um, a bit of a niche uh, industry, so there's not a lot of information. And then it's, it's interesting as people you know, we really promote our job postings. And as people start looking, oh, hey, they may, you know, maybe that, that title or that role looks interesting to me. And then they look at the company and they connect, start connecting to our website. We really start to um, speak to and kind of tell that story of what our culture is. And then as, as they're walking through that, they're looking at what we actually do and that attractiveness to um, providing or helping to break down barriers to um, – healthcare is is very attractive people want to be a part of something that is meaningful and i you know i feel that our business is um, really hits that spot for a lot of candidates you know historically we've been very lucky because our our owners um as it's a family-owned company and um our original chair chairwoman obviously is female and then you know their daughter took over and so they really naturally brought up a female-led organization. And I think that piece alone has attracted a lot of women to our organization. 
Michelle, you, you work in the marketing world and you're, you're the chief marketing officer there. And so you obviously know a lot about branding. Do you think that other companies maybe unintentionally close themselves off to hiring a more diverse base just simply based on the, the messages that they're maybe intentionally or unintentionally putting out about uh, what they are about and the images that they use on their website, something like that. Uh, do you think that that exists and that you're doing something different? Well, I think just the fact that when you visit our website and um, go onto the leadership page and you see all the women in leadership currently, um, that is very inviting. When you look at some web pages, you see um, a very different picture, and that can be a little intimidating um, if you've never been in a completely male-dominated industry to just jump in and really be the first women. So I think the fact that we look the way we look and the way we present ourselves in the marketplace and the way we really boost up um, our leadership team really helps attract and make it more of an inviting um, corporation for people. Absolutely. That, that, that makes sense to me. And Carrie, does that kind of fit into the, the values that you have as a company just in general, um, just making it an inviting atmosphere for anybody that applies and anybody that wants to work there? It does. You know, we're, we're very focused on our talent and we love the idea because our our company has been very organically grown. We have seen um, employees rise from very entry-level positions to um, leader, very high-level leadership positions, and we love that. So um, we feel that story as well is very inviting, and um, that's a major, a big attractor for candidates. Absolutely. Now, I think, um, Michelle, we'll, we'll direct this question to you. I think it's one thing to hire a lot of women at a company uh, or say, hey, we're going to you know, have this big initiative. But if that isn't paired with um, a little bit of what Carrie just talked about, and that's promotion and, and retention and really developing and taking an interest in engaging those employees, then I think you've probably find yourself back where you started. Uh, so how do you approach really retaining and developing uh, those employees that you've already hired to make sure that they stay and they grow and they become fruitful, you know, long-standing members of the company. I think you bring up a good point. We can't just talk the talk. We have to walk the walk. So we do so much to um, ensure that we are promoting the right talent um, and supporting people. We want to create a safe atmosphere where they can really grow and test their limits, try new things, potentially fail, um, and not be afraid of that failure. I think when you're pushing yourself and really on the edge, that's when you really grow. And so we allow that within our corporation. And I think also what we really do is we allow people to be honest. We all have families. We're all juggling work and um, family life. No one has to make up excuses. Um, we know we're moms, we're dads, you know, we're grandparents. So we allow that flexibility so that you can balance it. You're not hiding that you, the fact that you have a family. We all acknowledge it and we work around that. So I think that makes us different in the marketplace. And I think that also probably fosters a, a community of of understanding with one another, just that there's there's openness there about, uh, you know, about those kinds of things, whereas at other companies that might be something that is hidden or kind of put away and then maybe causes problems in other areas. So does that 
Uh, Carrie, does that openness and that kind of uh, atmosphere really help uh, strengthen the company as a whole? It absolutely does. We're very honest and transparent about the things we do well and the things that we don't do well. And we focus on that. We know um, as we've grown so much, we need to focus on process and structure and being a little more accountable and making sure we have the right KPIs and metrics in place to to move our business the direction we want it to move. And, you know, a little bit back to what we, Michelle was just talking about um, as well is we've put a lot of effort into creating really exciting onboarding programs. And that's a big piece of um, feedback we get from new employees is that, that they've never had such an in-depth onboarding program. So we really want to make sure that we're immersing employees into our culture and into their uh, position and providing them with solid training plans and follow-up that is led not only by their direct leader, but also a member of our training team so that they can serve to kind of be a liaison um, or project manager, for lack of a better term, to help that person progress through that onboarding plan and and fully making sure they're fully prepared to take on their role and so you know that that period where they can really start um giving back to the organization or really doing their job is as short as possible but at the same time is very thorough so that they are equipped with all the tools they need to be successful we are constantly learning um our leadership team is one that we know we don't know all the answers and so we really work together to figure it out. And, you know, it's it's not, we're not siloed. Um, we collaborate a lot, whether it's in, you know, a particular person's swim lane or not, but just to get perspective and ideas to make sure that we land on the very best solution for um, the organization. Absolutely. Michelle, would you say that this is also, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what Carrie said, uh, that this is a strength of the team and a strength of the company just to be able to to have that openness and to continue to always be learning and always be uh, pushing and growing together as a company? Yes, definitely. I think that sets us apart. And also just the diversity, it just brings better decision making because you're just bringing different viewpoints and you're really pushing against maybe um, how we've thought in the past or we really challenge each other and I don't think you can get that type of challenge when you all look and think the same. We really mm. need diversity to push ourselves and really to grow as a company. Yeah, I would agree and it's it's fun to I mean, it's it's fun because we all work together um you know to to we're all, we're all very aligned to what our goals are and uh, we use each other to, to work together and to, again, you know, provide solutions. But if Michelle's working on a project, she may have her marketing hat on and maybe it's bringing in the CFO for a second from a different perspective or somebody in operations to say, hey, this looks really great to me the way that I'm looking at it, but what does it look like through your lens? And we do a lot of that just to make sure that we're um, capturing you know, everything we need to consider to do what we're wanting to do and do it well. Absolutely. I think that, that coming from different backgrounds and coming from different perspectives and having different ways that people think uh, is, is huge just because you, like, you're, like you're saying, you're absolutely right. Just having those different perspectives uh, helps you see things differently and that's, uh, that's big for a company. So I, I'm curious to hear from, from both of you. Uh, you're two women that are in the, the C-suite at a company that is in the transportation industry. And as we mentioned, it's an industry that's largely 
been dominated by men over the years. And so give me an idea, Michelle, let's start with you. Just your path to how you got to uh, where you are now as the chief marketing officer there. And uh, what what did that path look like? And what did you learn along the way that you've implemented? Well, thank you. I am right out of college. I went um, and worked for actually an appliance manufacturer and um had a great mentor there that was a woman that really supported me and then also had some male mentors but one thing I um I got married and got pregnant and I was asking them I was in a sales position and I was asking them what was going to happen we were heavily most of our pay was commission and I said when I'm on maternity leave I'm, I'm not going to be selling anything so how is my commission going to be affected and they said wow well we've never had a woman had a baby in this position so it's just sometimes encountering those things and um just working through it and challenging your company to um maybe grow a little or expand or change policies to make it more welcoming to to other women or minorities. So I have encountered that in the past, but I've always found that companies are open to, um, if you can present your case and present your side and why it makes sense to maybe change policies. I've never met met resistance. And I, I think, again, it's some of those times when you get outside your comfort zone, that's really when you grow um, after leaving that company. I then, I also worked for uh, a specialty construction company that was very male dominated. And um, I enjoyed my time there. Again, I worked with some great people, but it was challenging sometimes um, to be the only woman in the room. And sometimes it just was a fight to get noticed or to get um, maybe just to have people really take you seriously. So that's some things where I've found on my side, I have to provide the value. I have to know my subject matter. And if I do, that will be appreciated. And if it's not appreciated um, and not valued, then I'm in the wrong organization. Um, after that, I kind of fell into this position, found it almost by accident. And I've just enjoyed working for MTM from day one. I enjoy the refreshing atmosphere and the teamwork um, and just the mission of the company. Um, it's just been a great experience working for MTM. That's amazing. Uh, Carrie, can you give us a, a little bit of a sense of, of uh, your story and your background and how you got to where you are now with MTM? Sure. It's, um, I've had a very um, it, interesting path. It's, it's been very, you know, kind of weaving around to um, get me where I am today. Uh, but to start, I um, started working for the Ritz-Carlton and Marriott Corporation is, as a, a pastry chef, actually. And I found myself moving through different um, hotels in different cities and landing in at one point in Atlanta, um, which was a very high profile uh, property for the Ritz-Carlton at the time. And I found myself um, as one of the, a leader uh, surrounded by men 
they were, I was the only female and they were also French and German and English and I was the only woman and I was the only American. And so um, I didn't at the time really put any thought into it until um, af after a while there was a few meetings we had had and our um, executive chef kept saying, well, Carrie's doing it and she's a female. Carrie's doing it. She's a woman. Why can't you guys do this? What's the problem? Or, or, and I just like, I kept, I, it kind of dawned on me all of a sudden, like, I, first of all, what's up, you know, with the woman comment? And um, I did, you know, I was like, I didn't get it. And I never, cons I, at the time, I didn't consider myself any different. Like, we all worked together so well. And it was, um, had such a really cool team. And everybody was very, always really pushing to uh, be the best at what we were doing and be successful. And so, um, you know, my career kind of evolved through that. Uh, and I ended up in the for-profit education sector and, um, again, working in some great schools with um, a really diverse leadership team. And I loved that environment. And it was not until I landed in um, one particular school environment where the culture was not like that. People were very siloed. They did not work together. Um, it just wasn't a f – there wasn't that friendly feel. There wasn't a collaborative feel that I – really looked back in hindsight and appreciated all of these other experiences that I'd had. And I realized like, I don't like this environment. It's not one that um, I'm going to thrive in and it's just not one that I desired. And so I started looking for a new position and landed um, at MTM to, and was brought on to develop a training program. And I remember walking into my, um, I had had a couple of interviews and I walked into the final interview where I had to present uh, like in a demo center. Um, and I walked in and there were all women sitting around the boardroom table. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And had an you know, awesome interaction with them. And I left feeling like getting that feeling back that I had had in the past of this is a great place where I know I'm going to be able to work with a lot of diverse people and primarily women and have a very collaborative environment and also competitive in a good competitive way. Like, you know, I could just tell everybody in there really believed in the mission of the organization and they were very connected to, you know, that success and um, wanting to do whatever they could to make the organization successful. And for me, that was very inviting and um, I was really excited again too about coming to work every day and, and what I did each day. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned the, the collaborative environment. And Michelle, you, you used the word uh, mentoring and that you had mentors, both men and women, along the way that really uh, helped teach you and kind of uh, move you along in the industry. How important is that just to have that collaborative environment where people can come alongside one another and build them up and help them be better at their at their jobs? Is, is mentoring something that you that you push on a regular basis? Uh, Michelle, we'll, we'll, we'll start with you on that question. Well, I believe mentoring is key, and I think if you talk to a lot of people in the business world, they'll often refer to an important mentor that really helped them. But I don't want to steal Carrie's thunder because it's really her team that has put in place a great mentoring program that I'm a part of, but I would love for her to explain it. Sure, I'll jump in. Um, so I absolutely believe in that mentor philosophy. And um, again, I didn't realize that I had had mentors throughout my careers until after the fact sometimes because I never was in a formalized program. And I've had some really strong um, male mentors and female. And I think that um, it, it just, 
in hindsight, looking back, it was like, wow, I learned so much. And I even learned, I've, I have had some bad ones too. And um, you learn a lot from those bad experiences. I think it really makes you appreciate what the good that you, you may currently have or the good moments that you didn't realize you were in at the time. And so we have in our organization, you know, the marketplace is very tight for um, employees. Like candidates are moving so quickly. Every organization is, we're all fighting for the same talent. You know, a lot of skills are very transferable and it's hard to grab talent. So we've looked um, as much as we've been growing, we're saying, hey, we need a bench of individuals in the organization that we can prepare for career advancement and, and not just a bench, just to make it part of our culture for any employee. And so we rolled out a mentoring program a few years back and really got a lot of great feedback on that experience and then said, okay, well, we want to develop a bench program too, or a program where we're going to develop um, future leaders. And so we took a little time off of the ment the formal mentoring program and spent some time building this um you know, kind of, uh, you know, future leaders program. And within that program, we have a mentoring aspect. And so each person that is in the program has a mentor. And then we took it in a, a step further and formalized the process around how to be a mentor. So we've taken the time to train the mentees and the mentors, and then also have given them tools and workbooks to help guide conversations, um, tying it back to our brand ambassador training, our core values, and so that everybody's progressing through the program with their mentor every month talking about the same topic. And you know, the next month will be a different topic, but really keeping some consistency in there and also taking the time to train our mentors so that they continue to grow as we are, you know, developing the mentees too. So it's, um, I'm really happy with the program. I'm a mentor myself. Um, I, you know, Michelle is as well. And uh, I know both of us, we love it. It's, it's just been an awesome experience. And I feel like I've gained just as much as my mentee Me too. has gained. <laughs> I have too, just develop, you know, in, in the process of developing the program. It's, it's really awesome. You know, I, I read a study recently that talked about the, the number one reason that people leave jobs is they don't feel challenged and they don't see, uh, you know, the next opportunity there at that job. And I, I think that that really feels true just in my experience and in what I've seen from people uh, that I know that have left particular jobs is just that they're looking for that next challenge and they're looking to continue to be pushed and to grow in their careers. And I think that this is a great program. And I'm, I'm wondering just have you seen – uh, the fruits of that where people uh, that, that may have left in search of, of another opportunity um, in a different atmosphere uh, have really stuck around and developed and grown and as you've given them more opportunities to, uh, to advance and to grow. Uh, Carrie, let, let's, let's just follow that up with, uh, with you and Michelle Hoppin if you have anything to add. Sure. I definitely have seen that. We have seen people leave and come back. Um, we have, we have, and, and that's always great too. You know, it's, it's, sometimes the grass is greener and, and sometimes it's not. And I think it's also, you know, just kind of saying, okay, I, I tried something else out and I really, really liked MTM. And, and we definitely see um, people in the mentor 
program, our future leaders program, and the ones that are going through the training that embrace that have really used that to launch uh, into other areas, whether they apply for other positions, they get involved in projects, or they just start to grow as an individual. We may hear them speak up more in meetings, or they just start working their way um, around the organization and stretching out, stepping outside of just maybe their basic day-to-day job. And I think that's a really cool thing too. Uh, We've had a lot of spinoff groups, um, book clubs, um, just people connecting and getting together. And and it's also become the social or community. So, you know, you read a lot too about people also necessarily don't leave the organization. They sometimes leave their manager. And so we've worked really hard as well to make sure that our leaders are engaging with their people because that's, uh, you know, that's, the first interaction that employees have is with their direct leader. And if their leader's not supporting them, if they're not engaging with them, if not communicating to them, there's going to be a disconnect and we're going to start to lose those people. So we really wanted to tighten that up and make sure that our leaders, and that's an expectation of our leaders, is to engage with their employees and to do it regularly. Michelle, is there anything that you want to add to that as, as a leader um, you know, of the, of the marketing department? I'm, I'm assuming that you have a lot of people that uh, that also report to you. So just from your perspective, uh, how does that work on a, on a daily basis? And, and have you seen the fruits of that uh, throughout your department? Definitely. I think um, with the workforce now, people, they don't have that blind loyalty anymore. It's easier and you see more frequent job movement between companies. So we really have to work harder to make sure our employees feel meaning and feel that there's opportunity, that they can see progression or a pathway um, and their career. Otherwise, they're going to get impatient and leave. And it seems like that impatience um, grows with every year. So as the talent pool is shrinking, um, we have to work harder to really connect with our employees and meet their needs. You know, and needs aren't just salary and benefits. There's other needs. There's other reasons they come to work. And we hope we can fill some of that meaning. And we work very hard to build that culture where they feel like they are contributing every day and they see a career path with MTM. Carrie, I'd be willing to bet that um, that even though things are going awesome, that there are still areas that you'd like to continue to improve and continue to get better. So what, what are some areas that, that you would like to continue to see growth at MTM? And uh, what are some ways that maybe you're, you're, you're trying to address that? Sure. So a lot of these initiatives that we've put in place, even as I just spoke about um, getting our managers engaged, you know, it's all it's all a process because we have to educate them. We have to get them to buy into this. They have to understand the why and the benefits. And so, you know, as you roll something out, it's not every not everybody's going to grab onto it right away. It could take several years to pull it all the way through the organization. And so that's really still a focus for us is to making make sure that a lot of these things that we're doing are, are we're reaching every leader and we're reaching every employee. And so it's a continuous process of retraining, communication, and just making sure that some of these initiatives, you know, you don't roll them out once and then people don't hear about them again. So that there's this, you know, it's, it's constantly in front of, um, in, in front of our employees. And so, you know, I think we still have, we still have progress that we can make on how our leaders are interacting with their employees. 
how transparent and um, communicative we are about where people stand from a performance aspect and making sure that leaders and employees are exchanging dialogue around career pathing and performance and make in and, and that that's happening in real time and we're giving that immediate feedback so that we can allow employees to correct quickly or immediately and, and keep growing so i think all of those are just things that we just continuously have to keep working on as an organization and for us too it's um it's process you know we've again, we've grown a lot and we're evolving, we're bringing new technology in and there's a lot of um, communication and change management that needs to happen around that because not every employee is going gonna, is gonna to jump on that new direction or vision right away. So we have to help get them there. So all of those things I would say f is, is an area that we want to keep looking at and then just ways that we can um, keep evolving our, our teams and talent. Absolutely. Michelle, do you have anything that you'd like to add on to, to Carrie's comments there? I think Carrie summed it up. I could maybe only think of one thing, and that is just um, we have a very dispersed workforce now. When I started, we had about 300 people, and many of them were in the corporate office. Now we're over 2,000 spread throughout the entire United States. So it's just mm. very challenging to build that culture um, nationwide and make sure we're reinforcing it every day so that's just a challenge and it's a challenge we'll have every day but we we're up to the challenge and we're we're doing things to really build that strong culture no matter if you're a work from home agent or you're in an office in new york city that you feel part of the mtm family and you you know our mission and you're dedicated to that mission one of the things I'm curious about is, do you have a way uh, that is formalized that you get feedback back from your employees so that you can kind of gauge whether or not people are doing a good job and whether or not people are happy with the way that uh, that they're being engaged when they're in the workplace? Is that something that you have in place? So when we talk about engagement, um, we used to do just an annual survey. Um, and sometimes then we'd miss an annual, you know, survey because business, you know, we were, we, were, we were busy. And so, you know, people would survey and maybe a lot of times you hear in companies they're afraid to, to um, be transparent because, you know, the company's going to find out who said what. So we decided at one point um, we actually kind of took a chance on a startup company that was doing employee engagement surveys. So um, they take a quarterly approach and as a third party um, resource for us. And we started surveying on a quarterly basis. And now, um, you know, our surveys are standardized. And when we first started doing it, you know, we, we didn't really know what to do with the data. Like we said, okay, great, we're going to start doing this. But then once we got the data, it's like, okay, now what? Well, by the time we started even to think about what now what meant, it was time for the next survey. So I think that that first year for us was a little disjointed and we weren't really um, doing anything with the data or communicating back to the organization about, you know, what all this um, means or are we even doing anything with it and do we even value their feedback? And so we decided, you know, as an opportunity to improve, we're going to put some process and structure around how we handle the data and what that looks like. So we spent um, some time last fall saying, okay, what are we going to do? And um, put a couple of people, employees over this process. And so now we have a full process around our engagement survey data and um, expectations for leaders and action plans. And it's all in a timeline. So once we get those, um, those results back for a quarter, 
the next, you know, each month after that until the next survey launches, they're working on an action plan, they're delivering on that action plan, and then they're circling back with their teams or departments on what they've done to improve. And so we've seen that like take hold like wire, wildflower and or wildfire, sorry. And soon it's like soon as those results are ready, our, our leaders are logging into that portal faster than like I ever thought they would. And it's, um, it's been a really cool experience too. So people in, in, you know, when they log into the portal, they see where they stack rank with other departments and people don't want to be on the bottom. You know, they want to see themselves on the top. And so they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? How can we fix this? And uh, it, it's just been a really great experience to pull our leadership team together too and really focus them back on how we are um, caring for our employees and our culture. Yeah, that's fantastic because I think it's important to also get feedback, right? And, and understand just what you're doing right and where maybe employees think, oh, we could do a little bit better in this area. Is that is that kind of the feedback that you feel like you get on a regular basis from those surveys? Absolutely. You know, and then, and you know, we can't fix everything. Some things are, you know, we have to reorg or we have to um, make changes here. Or, you know, um, we win contracts, we lose contracts. And some of those things, you know, how those um, things impact our employees, we cannot always um, fully control, but it's how we care for them in that process. And it's, um, you know, I think it's it's really about bringing some just visibility into this and how employees are feeling throughout periods of time in the organization and maybe what the organization is going through at that moment. Did we do this well and did our, we move our employees through it well, and are they still in a state of mind where they're performing at their best and delivering their best product for us? Um, I think that piece has been uh, critical. And, and then we also look back at maybe there's, um, you know, um, employees that are giving us feedback that they're not hearing from their leaders. And then we look at retention in that department or, you know, is something wrong there? And, and a lot of times there's connections. And so then we can kind of dig in and see how we can better support the leadership in, the, in those areas too to help them improve. Well, I love what you have going on at MTM, and I've loved getting to learn a little bit more about your company culture and how you are engaging employees and really uh, helping people excel and thrive there at MTM. So this has been a really, really fascinating look for me. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. And Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today as well. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It's been fun.